Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 103 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast and our New Year's special. This is also our final episode of Season 4. It's hard to believe that another year has flown by. A reminder that we will be taking a week and a half off before the start of Season 5 on Friday, January 12th. Today we bring you the 1939 New Year's Day broadcast of the Jack Benny program and the 1950 New Year's Day broadcast of Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Art. I'd like to sincerely thank all of you for tuning into the podcast. Whether you've been here since the beginning four years ago, or you're just finding us now. And I want to wish you all a very, very happy New Year's. May the coming year be a great one. The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Kenny Baker, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with No Wonder. Well, here we are at the beginning of another year, and Jell-O wants to send greetings to all of you. And we've received a letter that makes a swell New Year's greeting for us. It's from a woman who's been using Jell-O year in and year out for the past 37 years. She is Mrs. C.C. Brown of Huntington, West Virginia. And listen to what she writes. We bought our first package of Jell-O in December, 1902. We lived in the country then and made few trips to a store, so the Jell-O was a bit of a luxury, saved for the holiday gathering of kin and friends. Needless to say, Jell-O made a hit, and we've used it exclusively ever since. When I had my own home, I wanted something special. Nothing so filled the requirements as Jell-O. In all those 37 years of use, I've never had a package that wasn't perfect, and Jell-O is a prime favorite with my family. Well, thank you, Mrs. Brown. That's a grand letter to start us off on 1939, and to the rest of you, we'd like to say, if you want to give your family their prime favorite dessert, if you want to enjoy that delicious, extra-rich fruit flavor, look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. And now, ladies and gentlemen, this being the first day of the new year, it behooves me to introduce the star of this program in a manner befitting his dignity and position. Well. He is a man whose illustrious character and many fine qualities have my sincere admiration. Oh, Don, please. A man whose lovable nature and unselfish devotion to others... Say, Jack. Quiet, Mary. I want to hear this. Go ahead, Don. Whose unselfish devotion to others has endeared him to the hearts of his public. How true. So I bring you none other than that sparkling, scintillating, outstanding personality... That's not me. I'll kill myself. Jack Benny. Thank you. Hello again. This is Jack Benny talking, one of the sweetest guys I've ever met. And Don, I want to thank you for that beautiful introduction. You know, as a rule, a man has to be dead before he gets such a lovely tribute. Well, I wrote it just before the broadcast while you were lying down. (laughs) 
Oh, you didn't expect me to get up, eh? Well, I am pretty tired after last night. Hey, by the way, Don, what did you do New Year's Eve? Did you have any fun? Oh, I had a swell time, Jack. Simply wonderful. That's good. First, I took my wife to a movie, and then we went to the Coconut Grove to celebrate. Well, that was nice. First the picture, and then the Coconut Grove. I suppose you danced a lot. No, my wife left her shoes in the movie. Well, there's nothing like relaxing at the cinema. I often slip my shoes off myself, but I'm getting so absent-minded, I'm not going to do it anymore. You're not? No. The other night at Grauman's Chinese, I was clear down to my underwear before the ushers stopped me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was embarrassing. I can imagine. Well, tell me, Jack, how did you spend New Year's Eve? Any excitement last night? Well, I had a fairly good time, Don. I took Mary to the Wilshire Bowl, you know, where Phil Harris is playing. Oh, you did? Say, you had a pretty good time in my place last night, didn't you, Jackson? Yes, I had a nice time, Filson. (laughs) But as long as it was your place, you might have seen that I got a decent table. What are you talking about? Your table wasn't so far away. It wasn't. I was so far from the bandstand, I couldn't even see the circles under your eyes. <laughs> the fine table. Oh, you're exaggerating, Jack. There were a lot of people sitting behind you. Listen, Phil, the only people sitting behind me were from Pasadena. And they were home at the time. <laughs> What a New Year's Eve. Well, Jack, maybe Phil couldn't help it. New Year's Eve's a big night, and after all, first come, first serve. That's what burns me up, Don. I was the first one in the place. I got there so early, the manager asked me to help blow up the balloon. (laughs) How do you like that? Well, you got paid for it, didn't you? That's not the point. (laughs) Now, let me tell you another thing, Phil. I don't mind my table being far away, but the next time you seat me behind a post, Please see that there's a knot hole in it. <laughs> Behind the post. What are you talking about? Oh, never mind. Hello, Jack. Happy New Year. Hmm, happy New Year. I was just telling Phil about the fine table he gave us last night. Imagine seating us behind a post. It burns me up. You're crazy, Jack. We weren't behind a post. We weren't? No, that was a piece of confetti on your glasses. <laughs> well, why didn't you tell me? I nearly broke my neck trying to peek around it. Anyway, post or no post, we were certainly sitting far enough away from everything. Well, I'm glad we were. I was so ashamed sitting next to you with that old-fashioned tuxedo you had on. Why don't you buy a new one? Oh, how often do I wear a tuxedo? Besides, it isn't so old. It isn't? No. Go on, I put my hand in your pocket and pulled out a program from Ford's Theater. (laughs) Listen, Mary, that suit might be a little out of style, but they're still wearing single-breaded... Single... Now, listen, Mary, that suit might be a little out of style, but they're still wearing single-breasted tuxedos. Not with a belt in the back. (laughs) Well, they're coming back, so don't be so smart. Mary's right, Jack. Oh, she is. Your pants were so tight, you had to wear your garters on the outside. Listen, maestro, one more crack out of you and you'll be leading the organ on the Lum and Abner program. <laughs> and another thing, Phil, the next time I dance by your orchestra, watch your baton. <laughs> 
Remember that. Okay, buddy. Hmm, buddy, yes. Incidentally, fellas, this being the new year, I was going to give you all a raise in salary, but the way you've been acting today, I'm not going to do it. I'd be satisfied just to get my regular salary on time. Now, wait a minute, Phil. Don't give me that. I put your check in the mail every Monday morning. Well, from now on, don't pin it on a postcard. I don't want people to know what I'm making. (laughs) All right, Phil, cut out the beefing. Let's see if we can't inaugurate the new year with a little harmony. Oh, Jack, you want to hear something awful? What, Mary? Here it is, New Year's, and I forgot to write a poem about it. Oh, that's a shame. I'll sit right down and dash one off. Okay, hurry it up. I'll fill in a little time for you, Mary. Ladies and gentlemen, while Miss Livingston is struggling with her latest brainchild, let me remind you that one of the best ways to start out the new year is to have Jell-O for dessert. Darn this can. It is tempting, delicious, easy to make, and comes in six delicious flavors. Hey, Jack, how do you spell knowledge? With an N or a K? With a K. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry. With a capital K? Orange? Yes, a capital K. Lemon and lime, for heaven's sake. (laughs) I'm sorry, Don. And now, folks, going from the... All right, Jack, I'm all set. Why, Mary, is your poem finished already? Yeah. Gee, you work faster than George Bernard Shaw. Well, his beard gets in his way. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Uh, What's the title of your poem? Goodbye, 1938. Hello, 1939. Well, that covers everything. Go ahead. Oh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Please don't be a sad and blue year. These last 12 months have been sublime. So goodbye, 38. Hello, 39. Well, so far, nobody is screaming. (laughs) You just wait. Oh. I wonder who this coming yar will be our favorite movie star. Hmm. Will it be Garbo or Sonia Heine? So goodbye, 38. Hello, 3090. 90? Uh, what has this year in store for us? For thee and thou, and thy and thus. Hmm. Will Don get fatter? Will Phil be gay? Will Kenny get knowledge with a capital K? I doubt it. I'd like to ask you if I dare, will Jack continue to lose his hair? Mary. And when it's gone, will it stay away? Goodbye, 38. Hello, toupee. (laughs) Mary, get to the last verse, will you? It's coming up now. That's good. Oh, happy new year. Happy new year. Please don't be a sad and blue year. We will give you one more chance. So goodbye, Broadway. Hello, France. (laughs) Well... You finally did it. Hey, Phil, do you think you can follow Mary's poem with a number? I'll try. Okay, hit it, boys. Wait a minute. Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? Oh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. To the greatest man I know. And I bring you fondest greetings. There's a wagon. I must go. (laughs) Well, I'm glad they let him out for our program. Play, Phil.
Say It With a Kiss, played by Phil Harris and his original orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Original? Yeah. Wait a minute, Jack. This isn't the band I started out with. I don't mean that, Phil. I mean, when they look at their music, they still play something original. <laughs> And speaking of the band, Phil, you'd think that they could start out the new year by dressing a little better. Where'd they get those awful-looking neckties? Aren't they atrocious? They certainly are. Where'd they get them? I gave them to them for Christmas. Oh. And say, and that reminds me, Phil, that was some Christmas present you sent me. You must have been under the weather when you bought it. Oh, no, I wasn't. I was sober as a judge when I bought your gift. You were not. I was, too. Then let me ask you something. What use have I got for a porthole? <laughs> Isn't that a fine present, Mary? A porthole. Well, if your head gets any bigger, you can use it for a monocle. All right. Don't make it any worse than it is. Oh, hello, Kenny. Hiya, Jack. Happy New Year. <laughs> well, Kenny, I see you're still celebrating. You must have had a good time last night. I'll say. I didn't get to bed until 10 o'clock. Gosh, I'm a wreck. <laughs> Kenny, how can you be a wreck if you went to bed at 10 o'clock? I slept in a folding bed and I forgot to pull it down. <laughs> Well, it's none of my business, Kenny, but would you mind telling me how you got into a folding bed without pulling it down first? I'm not going to tell till I get it patented. <laughs> oh, that's right. Guard your secret carefully. And stop blowing that horn. Well, I'm practicing for the Rose Bowl game at Pasadena tomorrow. Say, are you going, Jack? I certainly am. I wouldn't miss it for anything. Hey, Mary, I got a couple of good seats. You want to go with me? No. I went with you last year, and you were the only one in the stand wearing a raccoon coat and a beanie. Well? And the way you were waving that pennant around, I was so embarrassed. Well, what's wrong with waving a pennant? Yours said Waukegan High School on it. All right, you don't have to go with me. I'll take somebody else. You want to go with me, Kenny? Sure, but I'll have to bring my girl along. I don't see how, Kenny. I've only got two seats. Well, I'll invite her anyway. Maybe we can lose her in the crowd. <laughs> yes, that ought to solve our problem. Incidentally, I mislaid my ticket somewhere in the house. I hope Rochester finds them. Hey, Jack, who do you pick to win the game, Duke or USC? Well, Phil, I'm a USC man myself, and I think it's a cinch for them to win. Oh, you do, eh? Well, how much do you want to bet? I didn't say anything about betting, Phil. I... Just told you who was going to win. Well, if you're so sure about it, why don't you want to bet? Because gambling is naughty. <laughs> and you know it. You mean because you're a scaredy cat. Scaredy cat? Listen, Harris, what are the odds on the game? Two to one on USC. All right, wise guy, I'll bet you 20 cents to a dime and put up or shut up. <laughs> well, what are you stalling for, Harris? He's afraid if he wins, you'll fire him. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. I thought you'd welch on it. Twenty cents to a dime. Make that a hundred dollars to fifty and you got a bet. Don't try to show off, Phil. You had your chance. <laughs> now, let's drop it. You know, I don't think Jack wanted to bet at all. Think? Kenny, your job on this program is to sing. Well, I can have a hobby, can't I? <laughs> you better stick the stamps, Kenny, and go ahead with your song so we can get to do our play tonight. Okay. Hold it a minute. That must be Rochester. I asked him to call me. Hello? Hello, Mr. Billy. This is Rochester. Yeah, I was waiting for your call. Did you find my two tickets for the Rose Bowl game? No, I look high and low. I can't find them anywhere. Oh, God, that's a shame. Well, keep on looking. They might be in the house. They must be in the house someplace. Okay. So long. So long. Say, boss, can I have tomorrow off? I gotta go to a wedding in Pasadena. <laughs>
wedding in Pasadena. Tell me, Rochester, who's getting married? Uh, 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 what was that, boy? I said, who's getting married in Pasadena tomorrow? Oh, Anna mine. An aunt of yours, eh? Who's she marrying? Uh, some fellow that's going to be my uncle. Uh-huh, I see. Now, at what time does this wedding take place? They kick off by one thing. What's that? What did you say? Oh, uh, nothing. Keep quiet, operator. Rochester, there was no operator on the line. Now, you found those Rose Bowl tickets, didn't you? Well, I... You found those tickets, didn't you? Am I on those? <laughs> Answer me, did you or did you not find those tickets? Sing, Kenny <laughs> Listen, Rochester, when I get home tonight, I want to find those two tickets on the dresser in my bedroom Okay, boss, happy new year Go ahead and sing, Kenny, that Rochester The only way I can keep things in my house is to nail him down sung by Kenny Baker. And Kenny, that was very good for a fellow who stayed up until 10 o'clock. Your voice hardly showed it. Oh, I'll put myself together in a couple days. I hope so. 
And, Kenny, if you got to bed at 10 o'clock last night, how'd you get those awful circles under your eyes? I painted them on, ain't I nuts? <laughs> you sure are. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction this evening... I was going to paint wrinkles on my forehead, but my mother wouldn't let me. Well, she was right. And now, ladies and gentlemen... If I was Kenny's mother, I'd trade him in for an Airedale. Now, Mary, Kenny's mother wouldn't do that. And now, folks... We've got an Airedale! <laughs> all right, all right. If you two will quiet down, I'd like to get on with our play. And now, folks... You know something, Kenny? I never met your mother. Well, you didn't? Phil, for heaven's sake, who cares? Now, let's get on with the play. Everybody's butting in here but Don. Well, I met Mrs. Baker. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm very happy to know it. And now, folks, going from Mrs. Baker to our feature attraction of the evening, uh, this being the first day of the new year, tonight we are going to present an original play, a sort of a New Year's fantasy, entitled The New Tenant, or Goodbye 38, Hello 39. Now, I will... You stole that from my poem. Mary, that was just a coincidence, believe me. Now, in this fantasy, I will play the part of 1938. And Mary... You know, Jack, I read this play four times, and I still can't understand it. Well, in the first place, Kenny, our play is a little too deep. And in the second place, you're a little dope. <laughs> now, I will be 1938, and Mary will be Mrs. 1938, my loving, loyal wife. And we have 12 children. <laughs> What are you laughing at? I don't know. It's censored. And keep still. Now, our play opens in the home of Mr. and Mrs. 1938, who live in a big round house called The Earth. It is almost midnight on December 31st, and their lease is about to expire. Curtain. Music. Oh, Mariah... Mariah. What do you want, Pa? Better hurry up with that packing. The landlord says we've got to get out by midnight to make room for the new tenant. The new tenant? Who is he? Oh, some little nudist by the name of 39. He don't know what he's getting into, does he, Ma? Nope. This house sure has been a mess, ain't it? You said it. Remember a couple of months ago when the bathtub ran over and got New England soaking wet? I sure do. And say, Pa, what about the time last spring when the roof leaked and we had to hang Los Angeles out to dry? Wasn't that awful? Yep. Hey, Pa, turn on the moon. I can't see what I'm packing here. Okay. Hey, moon, what do you want, you old fossil? <laughs> I want some light down here. And quit winking at my wife. Okay. Say, you want some milk, too? Milk? Yeah, a cow just jumped over me. <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Quit gabbing, Pa. We ain't got much time. That's right. Darn those shooting stars. They're having a feud again. <laughs> Doggone it, Pa. Even with all our troubles, I kind of hate to leave here. So do I. After all, we did have a lot of fun. Remember the time that scallywag Howard Hughes flew around our house in five and a half days? Do I? <laughs> he sure had me dizzy. And then that fella Corrigan. He started to fly from the kitchen to the parlor, and the darn fool ended up on the back porch. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Pa, did you pack up all the swing music? I'm doing it now. Flatfoot bluesy with the ploy, ploy. Might as well take that with us. Say, more. it's five minutes to twelve. We better start rounding up the kids. Where are they? Well, January, February, and March are outside playing on a cloud. Oh, where's April? He's taking a shower. Oh, he's always doing that. The rest of them are around here someplace. Well, tell them to stick close. We're going to leave in just a few minutes. 
indeed. I'll go over and see. But this is a basket, boy. Am I sick of that? Well, well, look who's here. Who is it, Paul? It's old man Mars from across the Milky Way. Hiya, Mars. Hiya, neighbor. <laughs> Heard you were leaving tonight, so thought I'd drop over and say goodbye. Well, that was mighty sweet of you. Say, I sure handed you a scare a couple of months ago, didn't I? You certainly. <laughs> hey, what was the big idea, anyway? Well, I really didn't mean it. I was lighting a cigarette, and I reached down in the Hudson River to put the match out. And what happened? Well, my hand slipped, and I gave New Jersey a hot foot. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> Say, Marge, you'll have to excuse me now. It's almost midnight, and i got to be getting out of here. So long. So long? Oh, say, i got my rocket ship outside. Can I give you a lift anywhere? No, thanks. We'll be all right. Say, those rocket ships smoke a lot, don't they? Yeah, the exhaust pipes are bad. I just flew by heaven, and now angels really got dirty faces. <laughs> well, if you pass by the other place, give my regards to Fred Allen. <laughs> So long, Mars. So long. Well, Ma, it's almost midnight, so put on that silly hat of yours and let's get going. Okay, Pa. Hmm, there's the first stroke of 12. I wonder what's keeping the new tenant. Don't worry, he'll be here. Doggone, Ma, I forgot to find, uh, find out where we're moving to. Thought you bought a place over on Jupiter. No, but I took a look at Venus. Hmm, <laughs> time's a fleeting. We can't leave until that little brat gets here. That must be him now. Yep. Come in. Well, hello, young fella. Are you the little New Year? I ain't Bobby Brink. <laughs> well, well, my boy, come right in. Well, this is it, young man. Tell me, what do you think of your new home? Boy, what a dump. This house could stand a lot of fixing up. I know it, son. A lot of things wrong here, my boy. Yes, sirree. That Spanish shawl on the piano there is all ripped and torn. Need a lot of mending. And another thing, the china is just about all smashed to pieces. And while I think of it, son, if you see some little lost sheep roaming about, try and find a place for them around the house somewhere. I'll do what I can. For heaven's sake, let's get going. Just a second more. Now, there's just one more thing, young fella. What's that? May not sound like much, but it's a mighty big issue. Your greatest worry, my boy, is going to be to pick out a Scarlet O'Hara. <laughs> that had me groggy all year. Come on, Pa, you're talking too much. I'm coming, Ma. Say, young fella, you want any jello, you'll find plenty in the pantry. Thanks, old timer. You're welcome. Happy New Year, young fella. Happy New Year. It's easy to prepare. It's yellow butterscotch pudding. And until you've tried it, you don't know just how delicious a pudding dessert can be. Creamy smooth, rich and tasty, with a real old-fashioned butterscotch flavor that will bring the family back for more. Then try the new jello vanilla pudding. Tempting, delicate, and full flavor. And the jello chocolate pudding. Smooth and chocolatey, the kind that mother used to make, but far quicker and easier. For all three Jell-O puddings, take next to no time to prepare. There's only a few minutes cooking required. You'll find the simple directions on every package. 
And these new puddings will be a real surprise to you, for they're just as good as your own. Made with the same fine, wholesome ingredients, with a taste and texture you'll say is perfect. The best way to buy is to get three packages at a time. So ask your grocer for Jell-O, butterscotch, vanilla, and a chocolate pudding. The real homemade kind. This is the last number of the 14th program in the new Jell-O series. And we will be with you again next Sunday night at the same time. Are you listening, Tommy? And now, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to announce that in response to many, many requests, and owing to a renewed and timely interest, we are going to, again going to present our version of Walt Disney's famous picture, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, next Sunday night. So if you missed it the first time, folks, be sure and tune in. And if you heard it, tune in anyway, as we're going to have a brand new Prince Charming. Guess who, folks? <laughs> oh, Andy, you gave it away. Good night, folks. Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay and Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair bring you Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks written by Al Lewis. Well, as some of you may remember, last night was New Year's Eve. Well, like everyone else, our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, had looked forward to celebrating with considerable anticipation. But as the poet Robert Burns put it, the best laid plans of mice and men gang after glay. I don't know about the men, but I'm certainly one of the mice Robbie had in mind, because last night somebody really ganged up on my glay. Everything started off normally enough Saturday morning as I joined my landlady at the breakfast table. Here, Connie, here's some tomato juice. He'll do you good, dear. What is this, a down payment on tomorrow morning? <laughs> oh, you don't need any tomorrow. Not if you come to my party tonight. What kind of a party are you having, Mrs. Davis? Very quiet, Connie. I just asked some of the neighbors in to listen to the radio and maybe dance a bit. It'll be a nice, relaxed evening. Of course, I am having some help with the refreshments. Who's helping you? Barney, the bartender from Mulligan's Saloon. <laughs> that should lead to a very relaxed evening, earlier than you think. <laughs> oh, he's not going to serve any whiskey. You see, ever since he's been working for Mr. Mulligan, Barney's insistent on having New Year's Eve off. Why is that? He can't stand drunk. <laughs> Barney likes nothing better than to drop over here and make us a little friendly bowl of punch. If I remember correctly, Connie, you sampled some of Barney punch last year. I almost did, Mrs. Davis. Somebody jostled me as I was about to drink some, and I spilled it on my black evening gown. I don't remember that at all, Connie. I do. It started a run in my dress. <laughs> oh, you're exaggerating, dear. It was a very mild mixture. Why, we even dipped lady fingers into the punch bowl after a while. I know. And a little while after that, the lady fingers were diving into the bowl. <laughs> oh, I'm just teasing you, Mrs. Davis. I'd like nothing better than to share a little punch with you tonight, but I probably have a date with Mr. Boynton. Probably. Hasn't he asked you yet, Connie? Oh, you know Mr. Boynton. It takes him a week to get enough courage to speak up. 
You'd think he'd know where he stands by now. I've dropped him enough hints, heaven knows. Hints? Just yesterday, I told him I thought there was nothing quite as exciting as the scent of an orchid and the popping of champagne cork. You think it'll work, Connie? Indubitably, Mrs. Davis. He'll probably take me into a florist shop and let me smell an orchid while he cracks his knuckles. (laughs) Mr. Boynton isn't the biggest spender in the world, is he, Connie? No, I think there's a Maharaja in India who spends eight or nine dollars a week more. Oh, Mr. Boynton is a school teacher. He probably just can't. Now, who can that be? Come on in. It's not locked. Finished with your cereal, Connie. Yes, thanks. Well, good morning, Miss Brooks, Mrs. Davis. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Now, isn't that a coincidence, Mr. Boynton? I was just going to clear away the table and clear out. What's coincidental about that? Now, she's got a good reason to. <laughs> exactly. See you later, folks. Take your time, dear. Well, Mr. Boynton, this is rather a surprise visit. Oh, yes, Miss Brooks, I, I guess it is. Want a cup of coffee? All right. Keeps pretty hot in this percolator. There you are. Thank you. Well, that was fun. What do we do now? <laughs> well, tonight, as you know, is New Year's Eve, Miss Brooks. Yes, I know. It's the one night in the year I believe in celebrating. You see, the only fun a bachelor can have, especially a bachelor school teacher, is to really let go once in a while. Might also be fun to hold on once in a while. <laughs> Don't look so shocked. I'll withdraw the statement. Strike that from the record, clerk. <laughs> the one thing I'm so grateful for, Miss Brooks, is that our relationship has always been completely honest and above board. I can talk to you straight from the shoulder. You certainly can, Mr. Boynton. I, I don't have to beat around the bush. No, you don't. I can come right to the point without stalling. I hear you talking. I, uh, I don't have to mask my real intentions with a lot of pseudo-diplomacy. Never no pseudo-diplomacy. Well, what I'm trying to say, Miss Brooks, is that, well, several weeks ago, I, I promised to attend the Biologist Club New Year's Eve party at the Club Jamboree tonight. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun, Mr. Boynton. Oh, I'm sure it will be. But the ticket cost $5, Miss Brooks, and, well, I, I only had enough for the one when I bought it. And... Well, well, since then, I, I've had some unexpected holiday expenses and just haven't been able to afford another one. Of course, I, I'd love to ask you to join me tonight, but I couldn't very well invite you to pay for your own ticket, could I? You could, but I couldn't. <laughs> pay for it, I mean. I've had some holiday expenses of my own, Mr. Boynton. Two whole weeks of eating. Well, I'm terribly, ser- terribly sorry we won't be together, Miss Brooks. As a matter of fact, I... I suspected you were just as broke as I am. That's why I came over to see you now. What do you mean, Mr. Boynton? Happy New Year, Miss Brooks. Same to you, Mr. Boynton. And thank you for a lovely morning. That's all right, Miss Brooks. Now let's sing two choruses of Old Lang Syne, and this will be the earliest I've ever folded on New Year's Eve. (laughs) Please don't be annoyed, Miss Brooks. I'll be thinking about you tonight. From the minute I sit down in that nightclub and pick up my noisemaker. Well, thanks, Mr. Barney. I'll be thinking of you, too, tonight, as soon as I sit down by the window and blow my tin horn. I I guess I'd better be running along now, get cleaned up for the big night. Yes, you do that, Mr. Barney. I've got to help Mrs. Davis with the dishes. Forgive me if I don't chase you, uh, walk you to the door. Certainly. Well, see you next year, like they say. Don't take any wooden biologists. Now, that's just dandy. What's just dandy, Connie? 
Where'd Mr. Boynton go? Home to rest. Oh, we've got a big night ahead of us, eh? We've got a big night ahead of him. Mr. Boynton is going to the biologist party alone, Mrs. Davis. Alone? But why, Connie? He just can't afford to take me with him. The tickets are $5 a copy. Now, if I had $5, I could... Mrs. Davis. I'd be happy to, Connie. You would? Of course, but I haven't got a quarter. I spent my entire budget for this week on tonight's party. Oh. Well, thanks just the same, Mrs. Davis. No sense in worrying about it, I guess. New Year's Eve is just another night. Maybe that's Mr. Boynton again. I'll finish up in the kitchen, Connie. Come on in. The door is still open. Ah, oh, good morning, Miss Brooks. Mr. Conklin. What fortuitous circumstance brings Madison's esteemed principal to the humble abode of a lowly faculty member? You've seen your share of Charlie Tan movies, haven't you? (laughs) Uh, If you'll forgive me, Miss Brooks, I shall skirt the preliminaries and get right to the point. Firstly, Mrs. Conklin is visiting her sister who has a touch of rheumatism in Philadelphia. That's a bad place to get it. Let's dispense with the fripperies, shall we? (laughs) Secondly, her sister has sent their little boy, age six, to spend the holidays with my daughter Harriet and myself. Thirdly, I have promised Harriet she can go to a New Year's Eve party tonight. And fourthly, I have a dinner engagement with some old professor friends of mine from state normal days. But I don't understand, Mr. Conklin. At this late date, it is almost impossible to secure a babysitter, Miss Brooks. Now I understand. I'm sorry, Miss Conklin, but I've been sitting with children for years now. I'm afraid I'm going to be busy tonight. Ah, what a pity. It would only be until 10 o'clock, and I was contemplating payment of, um, say, $5. I'd like to help you, Mr. Conklin, but it's really out of the question for me to... Did you say $5? That is correct. Where and when? 7.30, my home. I'll be there, Mr. Conklin. Thank you, Miss Brooks. Thank you very much. Don't bother seeing me to the door. I know the way. Thank you, Mr. Conklin. Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. Mrs. Davis! Mrs. Davis! Yes, dear. What is it? Well, it's going to be a happy new year after all. I'm going to sit with Mr. Conklin's nephew until 10 o'clock, and he's going to give me $5. He must be quite a well-to-do little boy. Mr. Conklin's going to give me the five. Don't you see, Mrs. Davis? Now I can buy my own ticket to the club jamboree and see the old year out with Mr. Boynton after all. Uh, How nice for you, Connie. Oh, just one thing, Mrs. Davis. On our way to the club, may I stop by here to pick up some lady fingers? But doesn't the five dollars you pay include a midnight supper, Connie? Yes, it does, Mrs. Davis. Then what in the world do you want with lady fingers? We've got to have something to slip the waiter. Eve Arden will continue in just a moment, but first, here is Vern Smith. Now, proof that brushing teeth right after eating with Colgate Dental Cream helps stop tooth decay before it starts. Continuous research, hundreds of case histories, makes this the most conclusive proof in all dentifrice research on tooth decay. Eminent dental authorities supervised hundreds of college men and women for over two years. One group always brushed their teeth with Colgate right after eating. The other followed their usual dental care. The group using Colgate Dental Cream as directed, using Colgate's exclusively, showed a startling reduction in average number of cavities. 
far less tooth decay. The other group developed new cavities at a much higher rate. No other dentifrice offers proof of these results. Modern research shows decay is caused by mouth acids, which are at their worst right after eating. Brushing teeth with Colgate's as directed helps remove acids before they harm enamel. Yes, Colgate's contains all the necessary ingredients, including an exclusive patented ingredient for effective daily dental care. So remember, always use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay. Well, I phoned Mr. Boynton and asked him to meet me at Mr. Conklin's home at 10 that evening. At 9.30, I was still trying to get little Stevie into bed. Now listen, Stevie, it's getting awfully late. Just when do you propose to go to sleep? Well, as soon as I get another glass of water. But I've given you three glasses of water in the last half hour. What do you do with them? I drank two and gave one to my animals. Uh, see? Uncle Osgood bought me these toys for Christmas. They're very nice. Now get into bed, please. Well, first tuck my lion in the bed. All right. There, your lion's in bed. Now my tiger. Okay, your tiger's in. Now put my black panther in. Right, the black panther's tucked in. Now I'll just tuck... Stevie, why aren't you getting into the bed? Who do you think I am, Clyde Beatty? <laughs> I wish I had a book on child psychology with me. A nice heavy one. Come on now, shove that menagerie aside and get in. Okay. Hello? Is that you, Harriet? Your daughter's dressing for her date, Mr. Conklin, but thanks for the comparison. On the phone, all voices sound alike to me. Uh, how's my nephew, Miss Brooks? Fine, Mr. Conklin. He's in his zoo. I mean, in bed. <laughs> good, good. Has the dear little fellow floated off to dreamland yet? Not quite, but one more glass of water should do it. any change in plan, has there, Mr. Conklin? Oh, I know, Miss Brooks. Then I can expect you in about half an hour? I'm afraid it'll be considerably longer than a half hour, Miss Brooks. I'm staying over with some friends. But you said you'd be back at 10. That's right. I'll be back at 10 a.m. Oh, but Mr. Conklin... Awfully you... nice of you to do this for no, me, Miss Brooks. Good night and a happy Miss... new year to you. Oh, this is terrible. Harriet! Oh, Harriet! Yes, Miss Brooks? Your dad just called and told me he won't be home until tomorrow morning. I know. He's staying with some old friends of his, from normal. There's nothing normal about it. When I agreed to act as Stevie's sitter, I thought your father would be back at ten tonight. I have a date at that time with Mr. Boynton. Oh, that's a shame, Miss Brooks. Maybe I could call your dad back so we could make some other arrangements. Do you know where these friends of his live? No, I don't. But don't get panicky. We'll think of something as soon as I finish dressing. That must be Walter Denton. Will you let him in, please? I'll just be seconds finishing up. All right, Harriet. Coming. Quiet, Stevie. Darn kid. Weren't for him, I don't. Take it easy. I'm coming. Happy, happy, happy New Year, Miss Brooks. <laughs> Come in, Walter. Isn't it a wonderful night to see the old year out on? Aren't you just in love with tonight, Miss Brooks? I'm crazy about it. <laughs> Harriet will be ready in a few minutes, Walter. Ah, dear Harriet. You know, that's what I like best about this holiday. The feeling of closeness it gives you to the one you care for. 
especially during that one breathless, rapturous moment right before midnight. That moment, like the hush of a giant wave, ere it pounds mightily upon the golden sand. That tongueless moment of promised ecstasy, culminating in a crescendo of clamorous, amorous bliss. Have you ever been hit with a six-year-old child? Miss Brooks, you don't seem very happy about New Year's. Haven't you got a date with Mr. Boynton? That's just the trouble, Walter. I have. But I also have a date to sit here with Mr. Conklin's nephew, Stevie, until Uncle returns in the morning. It was all a misunderstanding, mostly on my part. Gee, that's a tough break, Miss Brooks. Isn't there any way out for you? I... I know. Maybe you could hire a babysitter to sit in your place. Of course, it couldn't be just any ordinary person. It would have to be a very special kind of sitter to fill your shoes. You never were great in anatomy, were you, Walter? (laughs) But that wouldn't work either. Even if I had the money, which I haven't, it's too late to get anybody now. Well, here I am, Walter. How do I look? Devastating, Harriet. Absolutely soul-destroying. How do you think I look, Miss Brooks? Very atomic, Harriet. You should be the center of all eyes at your party. Gee, I kind of hate to go with you in this spot, Miss Brooks. Did you tell Walter about your dilemma? Yeah, she did, Harriet. But we can't seem to think of any way out. Oh, don't worry about me, kids. I'll just celebrate New Year's Eve some other night. Maybe when Mr. Boynton comes to pick you up, you could talk him into staying here with you instead of going to his old biologist club party. Yeah, there's a swell phonograph and some keen records you could dance to. Maybe I'll do that. In fact, I may do that even if Mr. Boynton doesn't stay. Excuse me, kids. I guess I didn't tuck him in tight enough. I'll be right there, Stevie. You run along to your party and have a good time. You're certainly noble, Miss Brooks. I'm not noble. I'm stuck. (laughs) Go ahead now. It's almost ten o'clock. Noble or stuck, you're solid, Miss Brooks. Thanks, Walter. Maybe Mr. Boynton will notice it and stick around a while. (laughs) I sure hope so. Me too. Have the best possible New Year's under the circumstances, Miss Brooks. I'll do my best. So long, kids. Hey, did Cousin Harriet go out with Walter Denton? Yes, Stevie, she did. He's an idiot. (laughs) He's very fond of you, too. (laughs) Here's your water. Oh, thanks. Could I also have an ice cream cone? No, Stevie, no ice cream cones at this hour. With a pickle in it? (laughs) That's different. You've got to have your vitamins. (laughs) No, I'm just fooling. You've eaten quite enough for one night. Are there any pickles in the house? No, but I'd gladly let you have the one I'm in. Well, here's my glass. You better leave it near the pitcher. I might get hungry again. Uh-huh. Thirsting. Oh, that's Mr. Boynton. Now, you put your little head down and dream you're a battleship. Okay. Good night, Miss Brooks. Good night, Stevie. I'll be right there. Oh, come in, Mr. Boynton. My, but you look handsome tonight. Oh, thanks, Miss Brooks. You, uh, you look quite handsome yourself. I'm glad to see you're all ready. I'm just raring to go. Well, unrare yourself, Mr. Barnes. <laughs> I'm afraid I can't go with you tonight. But you said on the phone that Mr. Conklin will be back Yes, you... that was before he called me again. He won't be here until tomorrow morning. I can't leave Stevie alone. But I've been thinking, Mr. Boynton, we could have quite a nice time right here tonight. Here? You and me? And the phonograph. There are some fine records stacked over there by the sofa. But, Miss Brooks, we have no chaperone. Who has no chaperone? I'm here. 
I'm sorry, Miss Brooks. I've already paid for my ticket, and the other members of the club expect me at the club jamboree. In fact, I promised I'd be there by 10.30. Well, it's only 10 now. You could stay for a little while. Here, sit down on the couch, Mr. Boynton. Well, I, I guess I could stay for about 10 minutes or so. Fine, we'll have a million laughs. <laughs> Uh, do you like records, Mr. Boynton? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, say, here's quite a pile of them. Let's see what some of the titles are. That should be fun. Here's a batch for you. I'll go through these. Uh, uh, don't you think you're sitting rather close to me, Miss Brooks? I know I'm sitting close to you, Mr. Boynton. Well, I, I mean, I'm a little off balance. I don't want to break any records. Don't worry, you won't. <laughs> Great old number. If I could be with you one hour tonight. I'm a lone cow hand. <laughs> Baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> Don't fence me in. <laughs> I'm in the mood for love. It's too late now. <laughs> I can dream, can't I? All right, Louie, drop the gun. Everything I have is yours. <laughs> I got plenty of nothing. <laughs> Drink to me only with thine eyes. I want a glass of water. <laughs> Quiet, Stevie. You've had all the water you're going to get. Now go to sleep. Okay, okay. I'll get petulant. <laughs> Maybe... Maybe you should let him have it, Miss Brooks. I'd love to let him have it. Uh, he's had quite enough, Mr. Boynton. Oh, say, here's a beautiful number. The Bells of St. Mary's. Oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Boynton. Oh, before you answer it, Miss Brooks, I'd like you to know I, I've changed my mind. I just can't stand the thought of you spending New Year's Eve alone, so well, I'll call my friends and tell them not to expect me. That is, if you still want me to stay here with if you. If I still want you, Mr. Boynton, don't move from that spot. Be right there. If I still want him, he says. Hi, that's Miss Brooks. We just couldn't stand the thought of you spending New Year's Eve alone. Come on in, Walter. Oh, but uh, what about your friend's party, Harriet? We told him we weren't coming, Miss Brooks. Walter and I have decided to spend New Year's Eve right here with you. With me? But Mr. Boynton's here. Oh, hello, he... Harriet. Walter, how, how are you both? I'm fine, thanks, Mr. Boynton. Uh, we came back to help Miss Brooks celebrate the New Year. Well, good. The more the merrier. I'm staying here, too. Wonderful. We'll have our own party, the four of us. Won't that be just the end, Miss Brooks? It'll be the end of something. <laughs> Had a good time so far. So have I, drinking cokes and playing records. Oh, it has been rather exciting at that. Don't you think so, Miss Brooks? Thrilling. I can hardly wait until midnight. What are you going to do then? I'm going to crack open a brand new bottle of sweet air and spray the kitchen. <laughs> it's almost midnight now. Gee, I wish Daddy were here. That would be all I need. Turn the radio on, Walter. The club tambourine is broadcasting their New Year's Eve party. Oh, okay, Mr. Boynton. Poor Daddy's missing all the fun. He and those old professors of his probably played a few games of chess and went to bed about 11.30. Well, perhaps it's for the best, Harriet. Your father's a very high-strung man. Too much noise isn't good for him. Huh, I've got the station. 
Well, it's two minutes to midnight, folks, and here to give you the signal of the stroke of 12 is one of our most distinguished citizens and an honored guest of Club Jamboree. Here he is, your friend and mine, happy-go-lucky, gag-a-minute, Osgood Conklin! Osgood Conklin? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for that charming introduction, Professor Young. That's him, all right. I have just time before the old year is dead to tell you lovely people that a funny thing happened to me on my way to the club tonight. A panhandler stopped me outside the door and said, Mister, I haven't had a bite all week. So I bit him. Oh, great. Madison's next principal will probably be Milton Burrow. Now, when I give you the signal, let's get those noisemakers going and really let her rip. There are only five seconds to go. Four, three, two, one. Maybe it was some of Mrs. Davis's fruit punch. <laughs> oh, gosh, Harriet, your dad's entitled to have a little fun once in a while. After all, people are only human. Well, it is New Year's Eve. It sure is. And it's midnight, too, Harriet. You know what that means? I guess so, Walter. Well, come on, I'm all puckered. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Boynton, do you see the work that's going on in the next yard? Yes, I, I do, Miss Brooks. Although I must admit I'm a rather diffident person most of the time, I, I feel that this being New Year's Eve, I can take a certain liberty. Liberty? You can take shore leave. <laughs> well, I'm ready if you are. I'm puckered, Mr. Boynton. Oh. Well, that's done it. If you'll forgive me, Mr. Boynton, I'm going to pour three glasses of water. Three? But who are the extra two for? You and me. We might as well be loaded as the way we are. <laughs> Eve Arden returns in just a moment, but first... Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful luster cream girl. Tonight? Yes, tonight. Show him how much lovelier your hair can look after a luster cream shampoo. Luster cream, world's finest shampoo. No other shampoo in the world gives K. Dumas magic blend of secret ingredients plus gentle lanolin. Not a soap, not a liquid. Luster cream shampoo leaves hair three ways lovelier. Fragrantly clean. Free of loose dandruff, glistening with sheen, soft, manageable. Even in hardest water, luster cream lathers instantly. No special rinse needed after a luster cream shampoo. So gentle, luster cream is wonderful even for children's hair. Tonight? Yes, tonight, try luster cream shampoo. 
Dream girl, dream girl, beautiful, luster cream girl. You owe your crowning glory to a luster cream shampoo. Ladies and gentlemen, we take pride in announcing that the poll of newspaper and magazine radio editors taken by Motion Picture Daily for Fame Magazine showed that Eve Arden was voted the best radio comedian in 1949. My sincere thanks to the radio editors, Motion Picture Daily, and Fame Magazine, and to every school teacher and pupil, as well as their parents and friends, a very happy New Year. Good night. Next week, tune into another Our Miss Brooks show, brought to you by Luster Cream Shampoo for soft, glamorous, caressable hair. And Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth and help stop tooth decay. Our Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, is produced by Larry Burns, directed by Al Lewis, with music by Wilbur Hatch. Mr. Boynton is played by Jeff Chandler, Mr. Conklin by Gail Gordon. Others in tonight's cast were Jane Morgan, Dick Crenna, Gloria McMillan, and Jeff Silver. Be beauty-wise, get bath-sized palm olive soap for beauty care all over. Yes, for your tub or shower, enjoy the same glorious beauty lather that millions of women have found so wonderful in bringing lovelier complexions in just 14 days. Simply buy the big, thrifty, long-lasting, bath-sized palm olive. Use it for your palm olive soap facials. Enjoy its oceans of creamy, beautifying lather in your tub or shower. And say, men love it, too. So let the whole family enjoy bath-sized palm olive. Yes, be beauty-wise, get bath-sized palm olive soap today. For mystery liberally sprinkled with laughs, listen to Mr. and Mrs. North, the exciting, fun-packed adventures of an amateur detective and his beautiful wife. Tune in Tuesday evening over most of these same stations. And be with us again next week at this same time for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Bob Lamont speaking. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.